Good, because you know what we wanted to tell you? Housekeeping! Housekeeping! But did you get the? Did you guys see the email? I don't know. I don't even know how to log into that. Are we going to call this one Deep In, Deep In? <laughs> deep In, Deep In? Um, uh, mm. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan. If I'm a guy like Jay and I want to send us an email, how do I get it to us? You can send that to... Hang on. He didn't, he didn't use our email. He used the contact form. <laughs> Wait a minute. You messed me up. <laughs> he sent it to, he sent it to the uh, fireside. But he if did. we're a guy like Jay right. and we like to use email, how could you send it it's to us? It's for people who like to use email. We are contact at linuxuserspace.show. Anyway. You don't sound too confident there. Are you sure it's contact at linuxuserspace.show? I am now. Hang on. No, I, I'm reading it. I'm reading it right now. I'm I'm almost I'm seventy two percent positive that's what it says. It's definitely oh there it is contact at linuxuserspace dot. I wrote it down. It's just further down my page. Dot com. No. Hey, we had this conversation last time. They're yeah, goldfish. That was fourteen <laughs> seconds ago. Rocco, let me <laughs> tap the glass. Let me tap the glass. We're good. Come on. They don't know. Okay. All right. Fine. Three, two, one. Happy Halloween. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, we cover Deepin and all the implications of using it. Is it that distro that you can hand to somebody, a new user maybe, or is it something else? We're also going to cover one of the best tools for installing games in our app focus. Welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Rocco. I'm Joe. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. And we are back with another episode. I love you guys. We're going deep. We're going real deep. Rocco, uh, we're just happy to see you. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you made it. We got worried. You should have been worried. You should have been worried because I was almost not here any longer on the planet because I almost died. <laughs> Not to be too dramatic, but <laughs> so I've, I heard I heard whispers about this. I have no idea what's going on. You're going to have to fill me in. What happened? Okay, so let me back up. First, a week and a half ago, I go to the Quick Lube for my pickup truck, and I get the oil changed, and I get the tires rotated, and I'm good. Because this past Friday, I went up to New York to visit my girlfriend, and along the way up, I go. New Jersey Turnpike and I'm going through like I'm just about to head into New York and the truck starts shaking. Now this has nothing to do with Linux, but it is the story of why I might not have been here. But the truck starts shaking and I can't figure out what's going on. I stop, I'm looking, I can't see anything wrong with it. It got to the point where I couldn't go 20 miles an hour without the truck shaking. So this is 8.30 at night on a Friday night and I'm like, where is there a mechanic going to be open on an eight, at 8.30 at night? So I did what anybody would do. I Googled it. <gasps> you mean DuckDuckGo, right? DuckDuckGo? No, no. I actually Googled it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what exactly you Googled. What, what did you Google? My whole truck is shaking. What do I do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, I just Googled mechanic near me, and uh, it, there was one point six miles away that was open till nine. And I got wow. there, and he, I pull in, and, and he says, "He gave you the look, didn't he?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I was leaving early." Yeah, where were you at? You were in Jersey. You were like, he was like, "This guy right here." <laughs> This guy. Well, he had no idea what was wrong with it. But then he said, all right, nose it up to the garage door and I'll just look at it. I said, okay. So I turned the, I backed the truck up turning and pulled in. And he said, he threw his hands up in the air and he walked away. I'm like, what? <laughs> I got out of the truck. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I know exactly what's wrong with your truck. He said, your wheel's about to fall off. Here, oh. the garage never tightened the lug nuts enough. Oh. So they came loose, sheared off two of the studs on the tire. And it was wobbling. I have a video of me wobbling the tire. There had to be at least two inches of play wow. in this tire. And he said, if you would have went, an, you would have went another mile, you would have lost that tire. And the the different part of this conversation is, I don't normally go that way. I normally go a completely different route, all highway, which I would have been doing. I mean, the speed limit seventy. So take it from there. Ninety five. Been doing. Yep. Yep. And. I would have made a really quick left-hand turn if that wheel would have came off mm. and it would have been all over maybe. Mm. So I'm glad to see you guys. Oh. So here's where you're wrong. Wow. <laughs> here's why it is about Linux. Because the reason they didn't put your lug nuts back on is because they're your biggest fan and they were listening to your podcast. Okay, I might have made that up. Wait, I was okay, going to say, good. hold on. That's, they should that's, stop that's listening and start opposite. tightening lug nuts. Yeah, I'm just, maybe you distracted him. Maybe he recognized your voice. I, I'm okay maybe. if we lose a listener, uh, uh, you know, as long as they're doing their job. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really want to lose anyone. I don't want to lose anybody either. Hosts, listeners. Keep, keep tightening them down, okay? <laughs> Let's get back to Linux here. Leo, what have you been up to, man? Yeah, not, not really a whole lot. I've been doing some wire sharking. And we'll talk about that a little later in the show. But I haven't busted out Wireshark in quite a long time. And I was kind of worried that uh, I had kind of lost the touch of it all. But then as soon as those colorful lines start spraying up onto the screen, it all came flooding back. So that was kind of nice. Um, yeah, I got to flex some Wireshark. But that's that's really about as interesting as I've gotten over the past couple of weeks. So what made you fire up Wireshark? I, like, I don't even understand. Like just out of the blue, you just were like worried about traffic on your... Machine? Well, I mean, a little because, well, okay, I, I wasn't really worried about it at all, but there's a whole lot of history on Deepin, and I think like a year, year two ago, something like that, there was this whole kerfuffle about how Deepin is taking all of your datas and giving it to China or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that sounds about right. It was very dramatic. That was is exactly how the headlines read. I yes. think so, actually. So- I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe, probably not. So I fired up and just start poking around at it and starting to see, right? Like I, I open up the app store and see what kind of what um what kind of traffic I'm getting. I do apt install whatever whatever and see what kind of traffic I'm getting. I let it sit there for a couple hours and just kind of see what traffic is going back and forth. Do you want me to get into it now? No. Okay. But go ahead. So, no, well, don't. Well, hold on, because, I mean, it's it's going to slip right into everything else. Mm. No, let's wait. Okay. I, th I, I think we want to know. I, I think we want to know if E.T.'s phoning home. Well, mm -hmm. I hope you want to yep. know, because yeah. uh, it's, it's probably going to take me a little while to explain it. And if nobody wants to know, well, then you're just going to be really bored for a little while. Let's, let's hope not. Okay. 
All right, here we are. We are talking about Deepin and how deep its roots are. Are they blonde? Are they brown? Are they gray? What color are Deepin's roots? Do we want to know mm-hmm. what their color of the roots are? We probably don't. There's no, a tip. We don't. Okay, so Deepin. The history on Deepin. Well, it was officially established in 2011 as Wuhan Deepin Technology. Ding, ding. We get to talk about Wuhan and not coronavirus. Isn't that exciting? But I still did because I just can't help myself. Jeez. But its roots actually go back quite a bit earlier. Started out as Hywix. You guys remember Highwicks? No, you don't. No, no just stop. No, don't, don't answer it. I just don't. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to chime in until like 2018. Okay. Yeah. Highwicks <laughs> Highwicks lasted about a second and a half. And then it turned into they were like, you know what, Highwicks isn't the best name, so we're gonna change it to High Weed. So much That's better. I don't, much way, better. Way better. That's at least it it works. High weed. I don't know. It works together. That didn't last very long either, but those um, versions started in 2004, and they were using the ICE window manager called the ICE window manager DE based on Morphix. You guys okay, know about on. Morphix? Wow. What, what is what? Is, oh, no, you're going to have to fill me in. What is Morphix, Joe? Please tell me all about Morphix. Oh, it's the one that we run every... No, nobody nobody no, cares about Morphix. Nobody cares about Morphix. Oh, man. I, was, I yeah. thought I was going to get a, a good lesson yeah. on Morphix. I was like, well, get... maybe I'm just going to get off yeah. cinnamon now and just get on Morphix. Go, uh, t- let us know. Let us know how it is. Uh, it's uh, version 1.1. 1. 1. Okay. Still out Episode there. probably around 150. I'll let you know how Morphix <laughs> yeah. went. Yeah. Yeah. 16 years. It's been sitting there waiting for you to find it, Leo. Good <laughs> job. Uh, they go through a few uh, different phases, but by the end of 2004, so again, in, in 2004, we go from high wicks to high weed. And uh, by the end of 2004, they are basing themselves off of Debian and using XFCE as the default desktop environment. Okay, so we're on Debian. Uh, Deepin is based on Debian now. So obviously yeah. they stayed on Debian the whole time, right? Right. No. No. Oh, wow. what? Because that's not the Linux way. So, so they got to try all the things, of course. So in 2006, with their official release, 1.0, they're now based off Ubuntu. So they're kind good of choice. still based off Debian. Good choice. But yes, they made a good choice. They go to Ubuntu. 2008, they switch focus on the DE to LXDE, which was, uh, again, another change. And just a year later, 2009, switching to GNOME 2. And they're no longer Highweed Linux, but they become Linux Deepin. That's familiar. Big D, by the way. <laughs> Linux Deepin with a big D. Oh, this more makes changes a to come. But two years later, 2011... Gnome 2's gone. Now we're on Gnome 3. <sighs> I think that upset a lot more people than just a few. Yeah. I yeah. think so. So yeah. you wait, yeah. you're telling me that they didn't just fork off Gnome 2 and then just keep maintaining it for the entire time? Like that's not what no. happened. No. They went an even harder way. It <laughs> 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 will get there. 2013, so just two years later, June 19th, Deepin Desktop Environment 1.0 is shipped. And it is based on GNOME Shell. So, um, yeah, there's still the GNOME uh, back end, I think, at that point. But uh, Now, does anybody remember that coming out at that time? I don't no. remember that coming not out. Really, no. I, do I mean, not. I know I was around. I know I was in Linux. I know, but I just don't remember when it came out like that. Yeah, I was actually surprised that they went back as far as they did to 2004 because I don't yeah. remember anything about it. Although, before 2013... 
we wouldn't have known them as Deepin. You would have had right. to know about high weed Linux. So it was probably one of those niche and a niche and a niche that we see on, well, I know you mm-hmm. guys all frequent distro watch. Yeah. So just keep paging down <laughs> and then eventually you'll get to where high weed was probably hanging out. But um, 2015, December, Deepin 15 ships. Now in we were 1.0 in 2013, but now we're 15 in, yeah. in 2015. But we went a number. Yeah, just a 15 versions in two years. But obviously, <laughs> they start uh, basing off of the year and date for their uh, naming convention. But they also are back to Debian, but but Debian Unstable Branch, which I can't believe even exists together in a sentence. Debian and unstable. But what does well, that mean? The packages have been updated within a year instead of two? Like, what is that? No, it's that worse mean? than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a cascade. It, I mean, Debian <laughs> unstable is quite literally a rolling distro. I mean, you just get slapped oh, yeah. in the face with new packages all the time. Um, so, yes, they switched their base yet again. And now, though, another switch. They're getting rid of GNOME as the back end, and they switched to QT as their their back end and that is also the same year that Wuhan Deepin Technology joins the Linux Foundation. Um interesting these first uh, decade really it's about 11 years you could see they were searching for something right they 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 bounced around with desktop environments they bounced around with their base and yet they finally remember we said they took the harder road they end up developing their own desktop environment which is not a fork. It's not a, you know, it is its own um, thing that they've created. In fact, when we were, I was looking through all of their apps and stuff, hardly anything is a fork. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff is homegrown, in-house. The only thing that isn't is their window manager. Um, they have a fork of uh, KWIN uh, as far as that goes. But um, So what you're saying is now that they've found their way, everything is smooth sailing for deep end. No, I am not saying that at oh, all. Okay. But I am saying they have figured out the direction they want to go in, obviously, because now here we are. Uh, they've invested, you know, seven years, seven years in their desktop environment. So, you know, they've put a lot of work in and we've seen it. We, we've seen it grow and change. Um, the big thing that really hits, and I think this is uh, all of us will remember 2018. If we remember nothing else on their history, we remember 2018 where they were accused of spyware. Yep. yep. And uh, it was. Uh, this is where I get to chime in. I, I get to finally say, hey, Deepin finally hit my radar here because I'm a huge security nerd. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this came across and I was like, well, huh. But I mean, you've got some information on this. So, I mean, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah, so, um, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll read the response from the developers there. Um, it says, uh, Deepin has to inform all those, by the way, English, not first language, so, but I'm going to read it as it sits. Uh, Deepin has to inform all those interested that our App Store backend is a website and CNZZ is a famous internet statistic statistics analysis service provider that collects website anonymous usage information such as browser user agents resolution etc and which is just the same product as google analytics deepen uses cnzz to collect website access information and so to know 
how to improve our website experience and detect website problems. No private information can be collected this way just by the data above mentioned. So and that so was everything response. is fine, right? Everything is fine now. All good. Well, I mean, hold on. <laughs> so good. I mean, I I, I trust I, them 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I read this and looking at nothing else in their history, everybody does this. Every yeah. website you go to? Yeah. Everybody does this. You would be blown out of your shoes if you paid attention to every script that ran on every website. You would be like, why do they need to know what applications I have installed? Mm -hmm. Why do they need to know if I have a mic plugged in? Why do they need to know what my screen resolution is, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I saw that and I was kind of let down because I was like, oh, man, where's the meat? And yeah. well, yeah, I mean, this this that's, this is all over the place. That's normal stuff. I mean, some of the websites we we were talking about this offline a couple of weeks ago. Some of the websites they watch what you click on, what you type. I mean, yes, yeah, that that's the scary stuff right there. Yes, where they know, and this is this is my favorite collection script out there. They see your mouse movements, not just what you click on, but they know where your mouse is in relation to every single thing on the page. And not naming names here, but they are people that you trust run these scripts on their websites. Mm -hmm. That's why and I only so, use touchscreen. Exactly. So these people know, seriously, <laughs> that they use this information so they can figure out where to put ads mm -hmm. because yep. they know where your mouse is most of the time. So they're going to put them there. Yeah. They know where you're looking because they know where your mouse is. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, so there, there was a big hubbub about this. Now, obviously, we know the climate of the world we live in and the political adversaries uh, on the world stage. Um, we don't have to go into any of that to understand how things like this are going to be. I'm not even going to say blown out of proportion. I'm just going to say brought to the forefront, why they make news, yeah. because this is how it got feet. Yes. Because there is some of that floating around. Yeah. Right. So this really isn't news. This is just facts about web traffic Yeah, <laughs> as, as we understand it. So their website or they use a back end on their app store. And maybe this is why it, it rang some bells, too, because it was directly connected to the app store, not just uh, maybe other things. That's what I was going to say. This is a little bit more than just a website. You don't expect it from your Linux distribution Right. To collect this information. You expect a website to collect information of when you go to it. But this was a little bit deeper because it was built in. Yeah. Because you had no choice. Like if you use a browser and you're concerned about the security stuff, you can use plugins, add-ons, mm -hmm. whatever you want to use to block a, a lot of that stuff. But with this, there was no recourse. It was built into the App Center. And I think that's what the big hubbub is about. Yeah. yeah. So, again, it... it we, it makes sense why it became a big deal, but there was nothing ever found within it. So it was it was exactly from everything I could find. Nobody had a story because, you know, that would have blown up yep. that said, oh, we found right. this tracker, this thing. It was all normal stuff that we're that we're used to. Now, I think one of the things here that happens is most people come to Linux and they go, "Ooh, I don't have to worry about such right. and such doing that because it's Linux. Well, that's not the case. Google 
uses Linux. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. So it's it's not a uh, just trust the distro uh, of choice. And this is probably around the time uh, when Deepin did switch over to Qt. So within that couple of year band, that's when it really that's when we really started hearing about it. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the the desktop. Oh, have you seen that pretty desktop that's out there? Yep. Because it was so different and yep. they had their own approach. And again, a lot of their own homegrown apps. It was all hitting at the same time. So uh, not not tough to. Well, this is this is one it. of those things where it's like uh, you know, bad publicity is still publicity. Exactly. And right. they are now uh, they are now on the scene. There is now a deep in remix, right? It's not a it's not a full flavor yet. Is no, that it's right? a remix. Yeah. Okay. D yeah. I mean, yep. and and I mean, at least as we're recording this, it's almost ready. So it, yeah, we'll see. And we'll see. you'll you see it in a couple of different arch distros as well. So it's yep. it's got some prominence. Yeah, it was available. It blew up when I tried to uh, install it, so I just went gnome. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's in Arch. It, it's it's good. out there. Yep. Um, so then let's get up to, we're getting closer to our current uh, dates here. But in 2019, another, another change. Not a big change, but at least a change, probably a, a good change. As we talked about Debian Unstable and what that brings to the table. Uh, 2019, April, deep in 15.10, which... Should be deep in 19 if we're following the naming convention. I, you know what? They went from 1 to 15, and then they were like, we're going too fast. Let's pump the brakes, good buddy. And they're at 15.10. Uh, uh, they switched to Debian 9 stable branch, which was probably a good good idea. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, that's smart. where just, you want to be. Just to have your stable base and build all your cool stuff on top. Just don't break it. <laughs> right. If I was them, I'd have stayed with Ubuntu. But there's probably other reasons that... We don't know about uh, 2019. Also, same year. This is a big announcement. Mm -hmm. uh, Huawei is a huge company, a huge company in the world. I remember looking at the MateBook X Pro yep, yep. back in the day when we could buy them in the U.S. and thinking that's a sweet laptop. Um, they started shipping Deepin as an option on their MateBook Pro X, the MateBook 13, and the MateBook 14 shipping. From the factory with Deepin. That's a pretty big yeah, vote that is of confidence. A big deal. All right, check this out, right? I really kind of do feel like 2020 is the year of the Linux desktop. I mean, or laptop or whatever, because you got Lenovo and you got Dell and you got all of these other, you know, Linux companies that are that are rallying around and making Linux stuff, right? Well, Chinese New Year is not the same as our New Year, right? Yeah. Right. So their their year of the Linux desktop was actually 2019, as far as we're mm. concerned, and ours was 2020, and it just had to do with the calendar. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They're totally. they're ahead of yeah. us anyways. It's like thirty thirty or something, right? I don't know what year it is. But yeah, they're 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 they have they're so far in the future. It's yeah, yeah. it's like talking to Sleepy Eye Vince. He's in Australia, it's tomorrow already. So I just ask right. him what's Time what's traveling. the day? What's yep. it looking like? So uh we make our last stop, two thousand twenty, September eleventh, release of Deep and Desktop four point DDE for short, based on Debian ten Buster. Joe, I think we went backwards in numbers there. Uh, well, I, think I, we I don't think they, uh, well, it's, it's the desktop environment version oh. four, but oh. it's deep in 20, right? Right. There we go. Yeah. So we went from 15 to 20. I'm confused. Yeah. Well, maybe it's going to be 20.1, 20 20.2. 20 and then when they get to, when we get to 2025, it'll be deep in 25. Oh. Because it was deep in 15, deep in 20, deep in, right. I don't know. I may right. have made all that up. Boy, I'm just, I'm did. trying to find, I see patterns. Numbers are hard. Um, oh my God. Yeah better than dead people 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, see patterns. Yeah, see patterns. So that is Deepin. Now, I know everyone in Telegram was very excited for me to pronounce names that uh, originate <laughs> so in the excited. country of origin. I'm so excited for this. But not to disappoint. <laughs> no. There weren't any because you can't find anybody involved with this project. <laughs> well, I found one name and I'm not even going to say it because I couldn't even verify what they do and how and and what their level of involvement is. So language not barrier, you strike again. I think I, that sounds like a cop out. Dan. Man, I, you are so lucky look, sometimes, Joe. You guys know I'm up for butchering names anytime. <laughs> so All right, Portu- I was sad Portuguese that I couldn't find next. anything. Yeah. yeah, Portuguese. No, we'll we'll end up back. I we'll end up back in this country. We'll find some. We we already okay. talked about another desktop we environment. We will we'll work back there. But uh yeah, sorry to disappoint everybody out there. So, our basic distribution details. What is the at the core of Deepin? Well, Deepin 20 again based on Debian 10.5 as of this recording. Uh, the Debbie, uh, Deep in Desktop Environment 4.0 or DDE 4.0. That is again while you where you get Ubuntu DDE. That's that's the name of their desktop environment. Their file manager is Deepin File Manager. Package manager is Deepin Package Installer, and they use the Deb package format. And uh, kernels, you have two options, which was neat. I will say uh, I opted for 5.7. You could pick 5.4 or 5.7 when you went to install. They're using a KWIN fork uh, called DDE KWIN, and X11 is there as well as Wayland if you want to go play around and be disappointed. Uh, hold on, hold on. On the 5.4 and 5.7 thing, I thought it was going to be like some really cool, gooey, switchy kind of thing going oh, on. No. And I was Man. like, all right, cool. I'm just going to hit I'm just gonna hit enter on it, and then it's going to ask me what kernel I want. And then after no. I reboot, after I install, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fantastic, right? Never <laughs> asked me. Never once. And I was like, what's going on? So I, I, I boot back into it, and I realized it's under advanced options. It's not even on the main screen. Yep. You got you to gotta go dig and then dig. find 5.7. And so yep. I, did, I did 5.4 on my laptop and 5.7 on a desktop. I'll talk about that later on, too. Oh, interesting. Okay, so... We spent an entire month playing around with Deepin. What do you guys think? Oh, man. It's so beautiful. I just want to love it. I do. But but there's always a uh, but, Dan. You start scratching <laughs> at that surface, and the, the underside comes through a little bit. It was it was kind of like a DuPont overhaul. There was, there was a touch of paint, and you scratched it off, and you could see right through it. I mean... It had some nice things, though. So I'll say the welcome video was really nice. I thought that was well done. If it worked. Yeah, well, it worked for me. Sorry. Did it not work for you, Rocco? That would be a no. <laughs> I got a black screen on that welcome oh, video. Oh, I, I do don't remember know that. that yes, I remember. But I got a black screen. What's the sense of having a welcome video if I can't watch it? Uh, you were still sold. Did you find the advanced, advanced option where you went back to, like, <laughs> Colonel 3? <laughs> like, everybody's, like, all you guys are talking about nice. this video, and I'm like, it's a nice this video. is a black what screen, a good video. for crying out loud. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. A- anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. No, it was a great 20 <laughs> seconds, so it was, it was a nice video. Um, you know, it, and I liked that they had some simple theme choices. There wasn't a lot of options, but they were simple, and they worked well. Um, and I can also say that They've put a lot of work into this because I've tried some previous versions, 15.10 I've uh, tried, and not everything was really consistent. 
but this it wasn't dan no. you are absolutely they, on the on yeah, point I there mean, the, the colors the theming the whole thing it didn't blend well this was super consistent for me i really liked it um i i, I couldn't seem to figure out the the uh, app store I, i'm not sure what that was doing i don't i tried to figure out if it was installing in you know a dev package but i didn't see that it was i think it was just dropping binaries but i'm not really sure so i i had some confusion don't worry about a random app store dropping binaries on your computer dan don't worry about that <laughs> at least it lists who the developer was so you could reach out to him <laughs> who was it developer yeah i oh. think i've met that guy yeah Every yeah. one of them's listed as developer. <laughs> My favorite thing in the store. Hang on. My favorite, absolute favorite thing. One of the one of my first go-to apps to install on any distro is Audacity, right? Mm-hmm. But they have a tagline. They have a custom tagline, not Audacity's tagline. They have their own oh. custom tagline for just about every app in there. And Audacity's tagline was we are all Lady Gaga. <laughs> That was it. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm inclined to believe you. Let's install this thing right yeah. now. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I used that Audacity. It worked fine. It was a weird version. It wasn't the version that Debian gives. It wasn't the version that, that, version that Ubuntu gives. I, I, the, the version number escapes me now, but it was weird. But I enjoyed it. It was Audacity. So, you know, it worked. But was it? Was it audacity? I mean, it, 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 I, I quite literally recorded an entire full circle weekly news on this. So that, okay. that, that episode does exist. So, I mean, yeah, well, it's, that's it's great. definitely there. You're saying it was software that, as far as you know, recorded your voice into a file format that you could then use. Technically flack. I mean, it did say dot flack. And then I imported it to a different audacity that I, that, that <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar with and it, it worked. So, you know, it's, well, it's cross compatible at the very least, Lady Gaga. Have you ever ordered something on Amazon and you thought you were getting like a Sony XYZ and then you, you got it. It was a Sani. It was, yeah. it was just S-A-N-Y instead of Sony. Yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel about their app store. I have that yeah. feel a little bit. Yeah. And so further, scratching at the surface a little deeper, um, I don't know. There, I had a great time for about three weeks, I think, and I had in, installed some flat packs. <laughs> um, and so I went to use Slack. Um, Hold on, Dan, real quick. Why are that? So the nice thing about when you're nervous about an app store is we have Flatpak, we have Snap. Yes, that right? sounds like a great thing. So so you can bypass. By the way, I yeah, I didn't install one thing from that store. I, I couldn't touch that store. I couldn't put enough body <laughs> covering on to walk in the store. Wow. I didn't. I left my wallet Don't in the car and my Joe. keys. Yeah. Tell like, us how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> so so, but at least we have flat packs that work great. Go ahead, Dan. Right. That's a great idea. Let's use flat pack. Um, that was great for about three weeks, and then I don't know what happened. They they seem to have updated the back end for flat pack, and uh, my flat packs don't work anymore. I like, oh, funny. My flat packs don't work anymore either, Dan. I know they start, and I can see it down in the tray, but I've got no video, and I can't click on anything. It's like it totally killed my display manager probably I, i'm gonna go into this a little bit more but why did you choose the 
flat pack of Slack. The I think you had mentioned that you actually installed the version from the App Store of Slack, right? I tried that, and it wouldn't launch because the version <laughs> oh. was too old, and it said, your oh. version's too old, and you can't sign in. Ah, oh. so, well. Yeah, because it was fantastic. based on, like, Debian Strike one. 1. Yep. Yeah. That right. was bad. And uh, I don't know. That's where it kind of lost us uh, luster. It looks pretty, but that's where it ended. Hey, holding it together for three weeks is no small feat. It's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Glad we tried it for a month. So I think it's cool that it ships on systems and it looks nice. Um, but yeah, I think you really got to tinker beyond that to make it work for you. Well, let me hop in here, if I may. Go, go, go. And here's the deal, right? I think right at the very beginning, I, I launched the App Store, and the first thing that I did was go check out version numbers, right? Because I was like, if this is Debian stable, then whatever software is in here is going to be seven and a half years old, and I'm probably going to have to go another route with it, right? I'm going to have to flat pack it or snap it or something like that, right? Well, um, the deal with that, though, is it's not. It's not the Debian stuff. So... Here's kind of here's my thought process, right? A few things that I install. I install Chrome, just in case I need to get some work done that that is that is very Google centric. I get Chrome. Well, their version and to their credit, not that crusty. It was eighty four. The current version is eighty six. Well, at not least bad. as we're recording this, yeah. right? And it's it's not so bad. Um, Firefox was eighty one. The current version was eighty two. So again, not too terribly bad. But I mean, as you heard before, I'm kind of a security nerd, so I like my security patches. I like to be as as up to date as I possibly can, as long as it doesn't break anything. Um, so you know, that was like, okay, well, let me look a little deeper. What else is weird like that? And yeah, Slack and Telegram were next up on the list. Slack was um, 3.4.2, and as you mentioned, too old to use. So yeah, the the current version is 4.10.3. So uh, yeah, can't do that. Telegram, 1.5.11. Oh my. Yeah, the current version is 2.4.4. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. So, but it's not all like that because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the, 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 the browsers are fairly current and gimp is fairly current 2.10.8 that's not what's in debian i don't think no that's it's, pretty new uh, but but it's up to 2.10.22 right now i think is the current version but it's still yeah so you can't just blame it on oh it's just old debian packaging that's why it's the way that it is i mean slack doesn't even show up in the debian repository so i mean they they definitely maintain their own app store but maintain i guess is something that you got to just watch out for, right? I mean, some things they maintain and some things they do not, and some things you are just Lady Gaga, you know? Mm. So, and then and then you mentioned Flatpak. Um, that was a route that I was going to go down, but just about everything that I wanted had a deb available for me. So I was just like, eh, I could figure out if Flatpak was going to work. Uh, I didn't know at the time. But I just figured, all right, I got to get Discord anyway, whatever. I'll just go get the devs for everything. Uh, I was digging into Snap, and I realized, yeah, no, don't do it. Uh, even the Snap store itself, there's a forum on the Snap store, and it's like, eh, don't. It, it's broken. Oh, geez. Something is broken. We, we don't know what, but it's broken, so don't. It's funny you say that, though, because try searching for Snap or install Snap on Deepin, and you will get a 100 different results that are like either four years old or or whatever it may be, but you it's very it's not so I tried to approach it 
Like, and I'll get into it a little bit later, but I, I try to approach it from a me handing this to somebody and having them use it. And there's just no way a regular person is going to find out how to install Snap on Deepin. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. and even if you do get it installed, there's no there's no guarantee that it's going to continue to work as Flatpak kind of showed us, yeah. right? I mean, if anything upgrades, it's not official. I mean, I don't even know if it's not official. It's just, it's not exactly what you expect. And a lot of times that's just going to turn into weird behavior. Doesn't so, that make you feel uneasy? Though? Oh, very well, much. So. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So what? What I what I assume it is is just they they want all the control on everything that's installed on the system, unless you go like I did and just go install the deb, where you get your own repos and you get you know pull that stuff down from where you. I mean, I don't know. You can look in the sources.list or sources.list.d and figure out where stuff is coming from. But if you're pulling it from Deepin. Yeah, they, they want the control on that. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But when you break Flatpak, it is. Yeah. Well, if you're not worried about Flatpak because your keylogger doesn't work on it anyways, yeah. that's why you have to use the older versions of the software. <laughs> Regardless of what, what you think might be installed or bundled with it or whatever, Slack never even opened. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. They just wanted to get you to type in your password once. I want to hear Rocco's thoughts. Cause, cause, cause Rocco loves Deepin. I mean, he said he did. I think Shut I, up, I think up, I got a, I think I got a finger shame <laughs> for shame, Joe, for shame. Wait, little backstory here. So when we first tried Deepin, I was uh, extremely happy with what I saw, and Joe was just poo pooing everything yep. and i'm like why dude like this is the, this is fantastic and he was just like kept on going and, and then i slowly turned yeah. after a few weeks so i started out trying this and like i said i started out trying it as something that i would hand to somebody because that's what i felt the experience was when i first installed it so as you said dan i had tried the previous versions of deepin and they just even though they were they had that ability to be beautiful like a good looking distribution it still had some quirks that completely turned me off including the pop out fly out Yep. settings manager we had to scroll 100 miles before you got to the bottom to get to whatever setting you were looking for um inaccuracies yep. or inconsistencies with the menus and the spacing and all that i tried this version and it was absolutely flawless in the way it looks i mean everything that i had a problem with was fixed everything about this is beautiful I think this is the most beautiful Linux distribution out there right at this moment, bar none. It feels complete, doesn't it? It does. It feels it, like 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 it's a whole package. You take the whole thing and it just it's together. And that's something that you don't see in a lot of distributions and just desktops in general. That's not taking away from from operating systems like Elementary OS. But this particular version of Deepin is awesome and beautiful and everything is set up to where people would yeah. be familiar with it like you you right click on the menu you you get exactly what you expect to get on an any operating system uh you have the menu where you have a choice of your your regular menu and then you click the little button and it brings you up a full screen menu like gnome and it looks perfect 
Uh, it's not inconsistent anymore. Um, you have the the little dock, but you also have something that most distributions don't have. And to me, that's something that I've always loved. And that is a little arrow in my system tray that I can close that I don't have to see everything that's running in the system tray. It just closes it all up, just like kind of, I don't know want to mention Windows, but yeah. in that same vein, it has that. And I think that's something that should be in every distribution. I think they took design cues, the good design yes. cues from Mac OS and Windows and even a lot of the Linux distributions yeah. or, or desktops that, and they just kind of smashed them all together, threw some blur on it. And I mean, quite literally, I feel like this is as close to iOS as you're going to get on a desktop. And I like that. It's funny you mentioned that because actually one of the menu options is a lot like iOS, I think. Exactly. I, I, yeah, you know I chose it. Mm -hmm. I was so impressed with the fir my first impressions of this distro. I felt like this was, you know, we always talk about that distro you would get behind a hand to people and say, here, this is what Linux could be. Now, you still got your choices, but this is something for anybody to use. That's what I felt when I first started using this. Agreed. And that's the bar yeah. that was pushed up by my first experience with it. And that's why I was so excited to use it. And then that's when it all started to kind of fall apart. I mean, including the App Center. And, and Joe, I completely, be honest with you, I felt the same way as far as I didn't want to install nothing from the App Center. And maybe, the, maybe that's just me being weary, leery about it, but like, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't install anything from the app center. Um, I, tr I tried to install steam, kept getting errors, go to search for it. And like I said, may maybe that has nothing to do with deep in, but it's so, it blew my dream apart mm. that I could hand yep. this to somebody and they could use it. And if they had a problem, they could just search and find a quick answer and that whole dream just fell completely apart and it just slowly, piece by piece, ruined my uh, impressions of... Well, ca counterpoint, you probably could get away with it. And mm -hmm. let me tell you why. If you handed someone straight out of Windows, straight out of, out of Mac OS, and you handed this to them and you said, hey, here, there you go, whatever. You, you need to install some software, go to the website, Download the deb, install it, and that would actually not be that far away from what they're used right. to, right? In Mac OS, you got to go get right. the DMG or whatever app file, and in Windows, you got to go find the MSI or the EXE. So, I mean, it's not that far away, but if you already are in the Linux kind of uh, ecosphere, I, I don't know if I just made that up. Maybe I did. Sounds good. But if, if you're already here, then yeah, it's going to rub you the wrong way because, I mean, I'm used to an app store. I'm used to flat packs and I'm used to snaps. What's the deal? Joe, tell me why you were so down on it. Did you have that first elation like I had when you oh, first saw it or I, what? I agree with everything you said. He's going to say in video watch. I just got to the, I just scratched the surface a lot faster than you did. That's all. I think it is. Uh, their um, user interface is great. It's it's if, if it's stylistically what you like, and I, I did. I, it's very attractive. It's nice, but it flows. It's smooth. It is uh, pervasive. It's everywhere in there. You're you feel like you are in an operating system, yes. not in a Linux distro. Yep. Gosh, and man, I know yeah. some 
think that's the same thing, but I'm going to tell you, it's not. You're right. So um, you feel like you're in an operating system. Uh, I got in there. I'm like, ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to work. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) So this, what this proved for me is, I think, and and we'll find out, I think, soon, uh, because I'm going to give it another go. But this, using this, when, when Ubuntu DDE came out, everybody was like, why are we doing a DDE? Why do you need to do DDE? Just go install Deepin. This is why. Mm-hmm. Because I think with the Ubuntu base backend, and then if you can make this beautiful operating system, desktop environment, live on top of something that actually functionally works better. The nuts and bolts, the motor transmission and uh, stick shift are all talking to each other, actually. I think you could have something really, really nice, but that's not there yet. They've got, they've done a lot of work on the front end, but I think the back end is a dumpster fire. A, a back, the back end is a pickup truck about to lose its front tire going down the interstate. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Better find a mechanic. You, all of you Debian users out there can send your hate mail to at Jojo Fett. I'll send you some screenshots back and I'll show you what happened. It's not even Debian. I'll tell you right now, Flatpak works fine in Debian. I think it's them. You, it's the way they've put it together. There's there's some kinks. I don't know if it's because they're interjecting things in between. There's layers. I don't, I don't yep. know what it is, but that's where it falls down. If all you had to do was boot it, and look at it and dig through the menu. And I, I love the changes they've made. Again, so much attention to detail in the user interface. It's it's fabulous. But man, you scratch the makeup off that pig and it's a pig. So you just, <laughs> I, I just couldn't, you know, that's why. I just, yeah, right. I spent a day in it and I'm like, all right, let me get some work done. And uh, it just, yeah, fell yeah. down for me. So it it was hot too, right? What what was up with that? Did oh, you ever figure man. that out? So yeah, no, no, no. I didn't. Figure it out. I didn't figure it out. Uh, here's how I figured it out: don't boot it, uh, and then my laptop wouldn't get hot. Uh, yeah, my my laptop was screaming at me once I installed it, and I thought, okay, well, you know, sometimes even when I upgraded Pop last week or whatever, that towards the tail end of the upgrade cycle, um, the XPS, you know, the fans are blowing and it, it gets a little warm, but this was just running and I was getting an hour and 20 minute, hour and 45 minute battery life on a Dell XPS 15 with a 92 watt hour battery. Like I can not charge it for ever uh, in uh pop or windows or anything else that runs fairly efficiently. You so think like double probably normally. Oh, what? Mo- no, triple. Oh, tr- tr- I, I, yeah, my I get I get amazing battery life well, out I of get that it, laptop. Like, well, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just gonna say I've got a T450s over here, and it gave me six hours. Like, I, really? I quite literally turned the screen brightness down, and right. I left Wireshark on, and I told it never to go to sleep. And I came back like three hours later, and lo right. and behold, it said three hours left, and it started yeah. at about like five and change. The issue, yeah, the issue. Uh, I'm I'm confident, especially with the heat issue, was with the NVIDIA graphics. It's so gotta be. I, I didn't get a chance to throw it on the Lenovo to see if if a dedi- you know if a, a integrated graphics was would have been fine. But the dedicated graphics, I'm sure. Even I felt that's where the heat was coming. So I think that thing was just pumping. And I I did it the Debian. I mean I, the Debian. I did it the 
the way it was supposed to be yep. done. They have the they have the ability to they say to run in video graphics yep. and all that stuff. And I think it just was running full tilt the whole time, performance and killing mode. my battery. Yeah, I think it was. I don't even know it was performance mode. I think it was like performance mode plus you can't take a break. Yeah. Like oh. it was. It was just no naps, no spinning down. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't great. And I installed it twice just to make sure. I I wiped it and reinstalled. I thought, man, maybe something got goofed. Nope. Just didn't like the NVIDIA. Well, speaking of installing it, uh, I will say the Deepin installer, I don't know what that is. Is that their own thing? Yeah, that's their own own thing. It's their own thing. It's the most fantastic installer I have ever encountered in my entire life, dude. It was cool. Oh, my God. Leo, that goes into part of what Joe was saying, that it makes it feel like an operating system. It does. And not just like a Linux distro. And I was complaining the other day about the way that most distros handle UEFI. If you do not specify, it's just like, hey, I found one, <laughs> plonk, and that's where it puts your your boot. Yep. And it's like, uh, I, but I, uh, whatever. So this one does not do that. You, I had to click like two things. It started up. It said, hey, what disk do you want to install it on? And this is in a machine with four disks. And I click on the disk and it was like, that's it. And I was like, oh man, do I chance it? Do I chance it? I did. I hit next. UEFI, there was an EFI partition created on that disk, which was not the first disk. Mm-hmm. And the all of the boot junk goes into that EFI partition. And all of it, it's got tons of partitions, by the way. It's got a recovery partition. Yes, it does. By the I way. noticed that. So like when yeah. you when you do because system Because it's upgrades, an operating system, yes. not a distro. Yes. yes. And That's so right. so you do that and you can roll back in case mm-hmm. something goes wrong. So I mean, yeah, uh, they're they're banging on five of six cylinders here. Once they, they figure yeah. out some of that back end stuff, I this, this is really gonna be a distro to compete with. Dude, there are so many things in this distro that other distros should copy yep. mm-hmm. and should. Th- this is like the bar that you're setting and saying, this is what oh, we yeah. need to strive to be. All right. So knowing what previous releases look like and what this one looks like and how much work that must have taken, I think yep. we need to watch out for it because if they put the same amount of work into the back end that, that they put into the front end, we need to watch out. Oh, yeah. it's watch yeah. out for 20.50. Right. Yeah. 20, 20, okay. Watch out for 25, 20, 25.15, seven like that. 32. I, I know we got to wrap up. So I'm going to dive into the privacy stuff real quick, but okay. So even if you turn off all of the crazy stuff, right there, there's a user experience program that I'll talk about for a sec. Um, but if you turn all of that off and you just agree to the EULA, EULA. you are agreeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the regular EULA, not the Wait, user experience EULA. Wait, that also made it feel like an operating system sure. that it had a EULA. Yep. If, yeah. if you scrolled through it, you quite literally felt like you were scrolling through the other big two. You did. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, on the phones, that EULA that you scrolled through, it reads exactly the same. It's got, uh, there are a couple of apps on there that, that really caught my eye. One was a desktop AI assistant, which I couldn't find, by the way, uh, and the voice notepad. Well, Master Chief, Those, she had you. Yeah, it, it, I I thought it was gonna mm-hmm. be one of that one of those kinds of things, and I was like, should I try it? And then I read the EULA, and I was like, no. So, um, <laughs> I, they quite literally in the EULA say they will collect your voice, transcribe the voice to text, and send that to a company called iFlyTech. 
if you look in the EULA, it's it's um, under under the sharing under 1.1.3 and then 2.1 is desktop AI assistant. And then there's, um, I mean, this is less worrisome and it actually kind of is a callback to that 2018 stuff. Uh, on the system upgrades, which is, I imagine, tied into the App Store, will collect your device ID, system mainline version, system version number, and other information for us to clarify your system information so as to help you update accurately. The collected information will be anonymized, which reads a lot like what they were talking about before. Yep. So this mm-hmm. was expected. So none of that really bothered me because I was going to avoid those two apps in the first place. And I mean, I, I totally get it. You need a little telemetry to figure out what you're <laughs> doing. So I, I get that. It's the user experience program that really started to feel like, um, I mean, go read what they're going to do with your data you know, on, on those those little hockey pucks that you buy and you plug into your Wi-Fi and all that, that's exactly how it reads. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how it reads. They're going to collect the BIOS, CPU, memory, disk information. They're going to get the applications installed, the versions, how you use them, the MAC address, the IP address of your network, inf- uh, of your network hardware. Um, and thankfully, we can't even use the Deepin ID service here. That's yes. mainland China only. But oh, buddy, it gets better. They, uh, if you sign up for that service, uh, which we can't, which is good, I guess. If, if you're if you're a privacy wonk, um, they will start collecting your browsing data and your mobile number and all of your mobile information. And does you? I mean, once you sign up, you you know you can't opt out of that. But yeah, so I mean. I don't think, and and I'm probably making this sound pretty bad, but I do not think this is any worse than anything else out there. It all reads like this. If you're getting, if you're doing all this voice transcription and uh, dealing with all of these features, it's it's the same. I am not, for all of this, I'm still not any worried. I'm still not more worried about this than I am about the other stuff that I try my best to not use. So what, what do you what do you guys think? You gonna sign up for Deep and ID? I just want to use the desktop voice recorder. Yeah. And what are you gonna say? Uh, hi from America. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we could send Se- suggestions of hey. Would you like to be my pen pal? Please fix flat packs. I mean, you yes, know, that might work, right? We're not on it now. They can't oh. hear us right now, Dan. Yeah. But yeah, if you if maybe if you fire it up and. And and I, I I did digging. I had mentioned uh, at the top of the show that I did some wire sharking, and yeah. there there was nothing nothing that that caught me off guard. It talks to DigitalOcean for network time protocol, so it can keep your time. It talks to Baidu, which is, if I'm not mistaken, like a Chinese Google, right? Yeah. I mean that that's kind of what they do. They do advertising and all of that. Um, I couldn't tell exactly what they what 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 they were talking about or what my laptop and Baidu was talking about because it's all HTTPS over TLS, I you know encrypted stuff, and I was not about to set up EtherCap to try and dissect this. Then they talked to Hetzner Online, which is I think a German uh, company that does hosting. And that's where you get all your packages from. They do, the, the, the you know, actually the one thing that made me mad, they look up packages.deepin.com every 100 seconds. Ah. Like, it, it's well, you got to get the latest. You got to yeah, get the but, latest stuff, man. But come on, you could do that once an hour, man. Right. You don't have to well, do it that you, you often. You got to check it that often. I mean, we got one update 
in four weeks. No, there were three separate system upgrades that I had. Gotten. I got one. Oh, maybe man. Maybe because I decided never to turn it back. That I mean, be because, <laughs> yeah, no, yep. I, I think I got one major update. There were not a lot. And that's what, that's lot. the one that broke, broke Flatpak. Yeah. yeah. Well, their, their community store, the store is hosted at Alibaba, which mm-hmm. is like AWS. Yep. And their, their CDN, you know, where they, where they uh, cache all their stuff is, is cached at Zenla Hosting. But that's it. That's all my laptop was talking to. Mind you, I, I unchecked all the stuff that I didn't have to agree to, but that's what my laptop was talking to. That's pretty normal stuff. It did seem fairly I, normal. So safe to say this is this would be the similar EULA to Microsoft, Absolutely. To, to Google, sure. to, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Apple's would be the same, have, but probably there's some close, stuff I in think. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so nothing nothing to write home nope. about. No. Th- this is fairly normal <laughs> it's stuff. definitely different than a Linux distro, though. It, yes, make that exactly. distinction. That exactly. is the difference. Coming from yes. the bigger OSs, this is the same stuff. Coming from a Linux OS that tries to put your privacy first, your security first, then yeah, it's gonna, it's, you probably won't be happy with it. Yeah. This is not that distro. This, nope. this isn't, yeah, this isn't uh, Tails no. or whatever. This, <laughs> yeah, the opposite of Tails, yeah. You're this not is, using the Tor browser. The opposite. No. Yes, yeah. So it sounds like you all loved it, and you're going to be using it day in and day out for the rest of your life. Oh, Joe, I'm so sorry. Um, it was so beautiful, but it just didn't. No, I have to get rid of it. Okay. Leo? Uh, you know, it, this is definitely going to be one that I'm going to watch, because the stuff we said at the top of this section is it's beautiful. It is beautiful, and I want to want it. Mm-hmm. But I can't yet. Soon, I will try it again. I'm in the same boat. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's something that other distros should strive to create something like this. It's not there in the back end. It's not there in the security end. So when I say don't strive or strive for this, I don't mean the security end of it. I just mean the cohesiveness yeah. and everything. But man, there's no way I'm keeping this on my machine. No way. Well, I love it. And I just can't get enough of it. As a heater, and I'm a liar. Yeah, it. it um, I'm. I'm. I, actually, I'm in the same boat with you guys. I know I'm a little tougher on stuff. It's. It's just when I get hurt, you know, I just get upset. Uh, Are you talking you about know, the burn marks on your leg from your yeah, laptop? Yeah. When I when I get physically hurt with like third degree burns from my laptop, it's beautiful. We've said all that. I agree. I'm going to keep my eye on it. If if maybe the technical back end is not their strong suit and and the front end i mean again they've done some amazing things get in there i mean even their grub menu was beautiful um they've done some really good cohesive things if you were going to hand this to somebody and they were going to use it like somebody would use chrome os where they're going to pop open a browser and they're just going to use google docs or something it probably would stand up, I and, think. And the EULA would be the same. Yeah. And the EULA would be the same, and they would never know a thing different. If you actually use your machine, this one's got a little little bit to go, but I am very happy to see the strides they've made on the UI. It is just something for everyone to strive for, and uh, we'll check back in with it down the road. All right. We recently uh, received some email from Jay, and he writes in, I just wanted to say, I don't think you should recommend users turn off UEFI. And he points out that Intel said they will start disabling CPU features if UEFI is off. And 
it will also break the firmware update tool. We'd like to thank you, Jay, for your feedback. And I'm going to turn it over to Leo, who said he doesn't normally use UEFI. Well, 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 hold on, hold on now. But, I do. I do normally use UEFI. Okay. So the what I don't use UEFI for are operating systems that I do not care about. So when we're doing our multi-boot whatever and... I want to know exactly where the bootloader is going or I want to know exactly how EFI is going to behave, then it's quite likely I'm going to not use UEFI for that. I'm going to use a legacy boot um, because I'm familiar with it. But my main operating system on each of the machines that I use is always installed with UEFI. So regarding the uh, the FWAPD thing, mm-hmm. number one, my laptop's too old for FWAPD to even yeah. care about it. Um, there, there aren't any firmware updates coming down for that laptop. And my desktop is a custom build. You don't get MSI motherboard updates in FWAPD that I know of. Maybe, maybe, Dan, you gonna, are you going to correct me here? I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I don't I maybe want Maybe you do. Maybe yeah, you I, do. I, mean, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it'd be nice, right? <laughs> well, but I think the point that he was trying to make was this this is referring to our last episode right, yeah. where where we talked about dual booting and we talked about UEFI but we also talked about there are many different ways to handle how you approach it and what you do so i think that was one of the one of the things you talked about leo that yes you turn off UEFI but as you said it's not a this is what you do right and yeah yeah exactly so i mean it's it's definitely good advice i mean Install via U. If you only have one distro on your machine, UEFI. What I, I think I was really getting at was that a lot of times UEFI has burned me when it. I mean, as I mentioned before, right? Deepin handles UEFI beautifully. I would not have a second thought about installing Deepin over UEFI. But if I'm afraid that I'm going to get burned, I'm gonna install it with Legacy. But yeah, exactly. Install over UEFI. If you have an option, don't even give yourself the option. Install it over UEFI. That is the best way to do it. It's the most up-to-date way to do it. And as he mentioned, yeah, Intel's going to start wrangling you if uh, if you don't. I'd like to take a moment to blame Leo. All right. Yep. It won't, it's not going to catch on. Not going to catch on. <laughs> the, Those dollar hashtag, signs are too bright. Hashtag, uh, <laughs> hashtag blame, blame Leo, Leo dollar dollar. Hashtag UEFI hater. <laughs> Hashtag, I don't know, Joe was right and oh, only used yeah. UFI no, no, no. all the time, I, I love every all time. the boot ways. That's it. That's all it is. I'm an equal opportunity booter. All right. Mm. Thanks for the feedback, Jay. Yes. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. And thank you, Leo, for pointing out that. And thank you, Jay, for your feedback. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our podcast showcase for this episode, we have Linux Unplugged from Jupiter Broadcasting. Part of their tagline is an open show powered by community. I think that's one of the best things about the show, the community that surrounds it. A big thank to Chris, big thanks to Chris and Wes and everyone at Jupiter Broadcasting for fostering that attitude. It's a lug in a podcast. What do you guys think? It's uh, it's I think it's the first Linux podcast. Uh, well, Jupiter. Uh, they've, he's had a couple iterations, but. It's the first place I ended up when I was hunting Linux and just trying to find more about it. And I love it. I've been listening to Chris for years now. I even went back so much when I first got started. I was so hungry for Linux content that I went back and listened as far back as they had archived. Uh, It was like 
four wow. years worth of episodes and I'd listen to him in the spare time because it was all I could find out there at the time. And, um, great, great content. Uh, he's been very consistent for a long time. Uh, Chris has been doing it and he's had various hosts, Noah, Wes, um, they've all done a great job and it's, a, it's a, just, it's one of those that I don't miss a week. Yep. I dig it, man. Every Tuesday, every single Tuesday, I, I perk up for it and I, I usually listen to it in like 15 minute chunks. And, but I mean, throughout the week, I get a little bit of Linux here, a little bit of Linux there. It's, and it's really good. I like the fact that if it's, if it ever pertains to anybody in the, in the mumble room, there's always that chance for them to, to chime in and talk. And that, that's really what gives it that lug feel. You bring folks in. Yeah. I have been listening to Linux Unplugged for, I don't know how many years. Um, it is that show that everybody looks at so you talk to any linux user that has been in linux for any amount of years and they're gonna know linux unplugged it's like one of those first shows that you listen to it does have that feel of a lug and that's from chris making it that way like he saw even back then he could have just put out a regular podcast and just talked and everything but he saw back oh, then he, he did that too that, that it was well, yeah, but what I'm saying is he made this show that it was important to include people in it, and I think it's a fantastic podcast that everybody should listen to. Very true. Yep. If it's not in your podcatcher, uh, feel free to add it. We have a link in our show notes. If you like what you hear on this show, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash Linux user space. That's patreon.com forward slash Linux user space. All one word. Please follow us on Twitter at Linux User Space to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. And head on over to our Telegram group where you'll find me probably reading all your messages, but uh, you can continue the conversation over there at linuxuserspace.show slash Telegram. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to contact at linuxuserspace.show. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, linuxuserspace.show. When, when you're rating the podcast, I think if you choose five stars, that's the worst rating. And the best rating is also five stars. It it, it reads what you're thinking when you do right. that. Mm, of yeah. course it does. All thumbs up. This is App Focus, where we focus on the app. And in this episode, I want to focus on Lutris. Lutris, Lutris, Lutris. What is it? At its core, Lutris is a game launcher. That's it. Seems simple enough, right? Yeah. Well, it can handle Windows games using Wine TKG, which is a, sp a special performance-focused wine, Dolphin for GameCube and Wii games, RetroArch for almost everything else, and a ton more. It can also integrate good old games and Steam. And of course, if you got Linux games, it'll launch those too. So it's basically just your one-stop shop. If you want all your games in one place with tweaks provided, tested, and rated by the community, this is your app. So the coolest thing about Lutris, I guess, is that it pretty much works on any distro you have out there. 
Pop OS, I know you know. You just mm-hmm. search it up, click install. It's there. Easy peasy. I didn't even know if I had to install it. Uh, Is yeah. it there? For everybody yeah. else, though, I think well, Manjaro gets it too. They, they can have it. Um, everybody else, though, you probably got to do a little copy pasta into your command line to get the, the, the new sources.list so you can pull it down, whatever. But it's all there available on Lutris.net. So just go there, click on, uh, actually, I'm not looking at it right now, so I'm just going to make it up. Uh, click on install. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just follow the instructions on that. And I mean, it'll take care of itself. Once it's installed, all you really got to do is search for the game that you want. And it's going to walk you through how to install it. I was uh, talking about in, in a Telegram group a little while ago, there was somebody talking about how they were having trouble getting something installed. And they were saying, well, it doesn't install through Steam. And so I look up the game really quick on their on their little database. And there it was. It was like, well, you can install it through the Epic Launcher. And here's how you do that. You can launch it through Steam. Here's how you do that. And if you can launch it through, uh, some, there was some other way. And it was like, here's how you do that. So... There are a ton of ways to get your games installed. And if one doesn't work, no big deal. You can try the next one on the list. I play a lot of uh, World of Warcraft. And uh, so that means I have to have the Battle.net launcher. Um, So World of Warcraft, I won't say it's easy to install. Um, The... Battle.net requires all kinds of bits and bobs that you have to like plug in and make sure that this and that is there. But the instructions are there. It tells you exactly how to do that. And no other way have I found to be able to play Windows-only World of Warcraft in Linux. So it prevents me from having to reboot my machine into my Xbox OS, basically, and play mm-hmm. some video games. So what, what, what is y'all's experience with it? So my take on Lutris is it is a fantastic app that has great support. For me personally... I have had one or two issues where I was not successful in getting things installed and I didn't want to take the time to actually go. I didn't have to take the time to go get it. Uh, Arjun was one of those games. uh, Actually, it's an engine uh, or a uh, library of games that I couldn't get installed through Lutris. But Lutris itself is fantastic. It's what what I have used of it is great. Um, a lot of my games these days, they end up working in Steam just fine, which is says great things for Linux. Proton is so good. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Um, but what I do love about Lutris is you can go look at the game that you're interested in playing, especially if you're struggling with it on Linux or you bought it somewhere else, GOG or whatever. And then it, it'll rate it for you. Is it a gold game? Is it this? Is it that? And then it, there's a bunch of examples. There's chat. There's people, what other people have run into um, that kind of walk you through things. And I think that is about as easy as you're going to get these days. Uh, it's much easier than it was five years ago. Oh, and yeah. it seems to be getting better daily. Absolutely. So, so like Joe, I don't use it a lot. I generally use Steam. That's kind of my go-to, and I, and I find most of my games there. But for the few games that I have installed, you know, via Lutris, it, it has made it a lot better. And so it, I feel like it enhances Steam and, and just makes my gaming experience that much better. Yep. Now, one of the thing, one of my favorite things about Lutris, though, is that I have an AMD card. And AMD you are able to use the new ACO shader compiler thingamajig mm. that makes games faster. 
And I don't know how you turn that on in Steam, to be honest. I think you have to like go into the little launcher thing and add some a command to it or yep. whatever. In Lutris, you click on the settings and you turn the toggle on. That's it. Yep. And I mean, you know, I just keep harping on it, but I mean, the the the, the main game that I'm that I'm talking about here is World of Warcraft, and we're we're talking, it is night and day. The, the performance is fantastic. And the fact that all I had to do was click settings and turn on a toggle, it just, it blows me away. There, there's so much value in something like Lutris. If it doesn't work perfectly in Steam, Lutris may be able to help you pick up the pieces. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, it is a launcher that allows me to play the games that I want to play without having to reboot into Windows. And that, and just for that, Regardless of performance, though, that is kind of a, a plus. Um, it's it's worth it for me. Yeah. If you're a gamer, this is definitely in your tool belt. This is this is one that you're going to keep running in Linux. And uh, it's, again, it's as great as it's getting, as, as it's been. And it's it's only going to get better. But uh, Lutris is definitely uh, amazing uh, that we're at this point where you just plug and play, for the most part, on a lot of games. A little bit of tweaking sometimes. Yeah. I agree. A lot of bit of tweaking on Warcraft, but hey, you know, whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to go through that pain uh, so I don't have to reboot. There you go. Thank you all for joining us in this month's distro of the month of Deep In, following along, trying it out. And we have a new distro of the month coming up. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, anybody? No, I got nothing. All right. So our distro of the month for November is KDE Neon. <gasps> Joe, oh. I just want to ask you, why are we trying KDE Neon? Um, it's I think we spun a bottle. Something was it, was it flip, flipped a <laughs> we, we cap? We can blame I, Joe for this. Uh, uh, okay, no. we, so, we can blame Joe. Yeah, we just can saying. blame me. I'm just, get, just send it all. Send it all. Give me all the blame. Um, yeah, I I fell in love with uh, KDE again. While we were using um, OpenSUSE, so uh, I did say, hey, maybe we could focus in on Neon. They just had their little uh, conference, little conference. They just had their conference recently, and they were talking about they were going to be focusing on Neon. So what better way than to feature Plasma than right. Neon? It's the best of perfect. the best. They just dropped 5.20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, so that is the distro of the month. But next episode is not about KD Neon. It is a topic-based episode, and we will guarantee that we will be talking about Linux and stuff that affects your user space. And we'll probably laugh about stuff, too. Thank you all for following along with us this month with Deepin again. But I want to thank you for listening and for your support and for all of the the conversations that go along in the Telegram group. Uh, that means a lot to each and every one of us. Um, we all do this podcast because we enjoy doing it. But if you guys weren't listening, it would kind of be boring. So we appreciate that. So where can we find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at Jojo Fett. You can find me at Leo Chavez. You can find me at KC2BEZ. And you can find me at Big Daddy Linux. Join us in two weeks for another episode of the Linux User Space. Yeah.
I can send it to you through chat, through Zoom chat. Oh, yeah. See, you're the man. That's why you're the man. Coming up on this episode of Linux User Space, we cover deep in. Is it that distro that you can give to the new user? Or is it something... <laughs> I had it, too. I had it all right there. I, I was thinking you were just going to go with else. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I should have just went with else. <laughs> that was the most dramatic else can you cut, I've can ever you, heard. No, I'll just redo it. But this is the show we're announcing the Distro of the Month, right? Like, this is... Yeah, okay. I don't know how many people actually did deep in, so though. Maybe we want to mention both. Us. We did We're just going to assume that they all did it, Leo. Yeah, well, well, you know, actually, you know, throw a number out there. Be like, all 148 of you. Thank you. My my NAS is still on Debian not, <coughs> 9. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's it's dead. It, Debian 9's dead. I need to... I think they are still doing <laughs> but, security updates, but they have to be pretty I, sec- serious security updates. I was going to... Okay, so it's like, it's like XP support, yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, if they can totally burst your computer into flames, I'll, we'll issue a security yeah, update. I think, yeah. Okay. If I'd have just drove here in a video game, we would have never had this problem. My tire never falls off on Forza. Lazy. I was like, oh, no, we didn't do the outro. No, we totally we did. did. Yeah, we should probably. All right. Stop. Should right, we, we gotta, or should we banter more? Banter. What do you want to banter about?